Hello folks, John here, and welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn. This week, my friend Lindsay is my guest, and we tackle some sci-fi. That's right, the great 2015 masterpiece, Jupiter Ascending. Did I say masterpiece? I'm clearly drunk. Well, this was not my favorite movie. My chat with Lindsay was great as we dove into character arcs, YA romance tropes, and the power of pretty people. As always, find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BSP Film Podcast. As of right now, this COVID-19 pandemic is still going strong. A lot of people are still self-isolating. And we're doing the social distancing thing. We're wearing masks. We're wearing gloves. So I hope all my listeners are being safe and being smart and everyone is doing okay. Um, if you'd like to help out, if you want to somehow contribute... Uh, you can go to the World Health Organization's website. That is who.int to the COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund. Or you can help out in some other way. That's just one option for you. Regardless, I hope everyone is doing fine, and I hope we can uh, stomp out this pandemic very quickly. But anyway, let's get right to it, folks. Watch out for those bees. Those aliens and those alligator creatures. Strap up some anti-gravity boots. Don't forget your telescope. And let's take the trip into Jupiter ascending. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. They caught a shark, not the shark. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Wake up. We're tonight's entertainment. This is some serious gourmet. Showtime! I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I lose you. Do something or just stand there and believe. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Here's Johnny! Like I was saying, no, you, you can't watch. Um, you really shouldn't watch either of those films on your own. Silence of the Lambs and Midsummer are both very hearty, heavy films. Have you not seen either one? No. So it's with the whole social isolation thing. Like it's I'm gonna either have to do like the Netflix extension thing that's been circling around social media or something. Um, but I definitely do prefer to watch things with other people. That's my preference. I just I usually end up doing it by myself um, because I don't leave my apartment much. Fair so. enough. Well, welcome back, folks. I have um, my great friend. Lindsay here today. Hi, Lindsay. Hello, John. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, all, all, all pandemic aside. Um, I had the good fortune to be holed up with some of my favorite people. So I um, am one of those weird, like, extroverted introvert types. So quarantine Lindsay is not going to be all that different from regular Lindsay. So the first week of this mess has been, um, thankfully, not as awful as some of the other people who have had to go through this yeah it's definitely a a dark time in this is the darkest timeline i feel a bit um but but today we're talking about speaking of dark timelines (laughs) we're here to talk about uh um jupiter ascending thank you for making me watch this piece of crap i feel like your listeners should be informed that when i picked this movie i did apologize in advance so I'm not but, unaware. But you know, but you know, it's fair because I, I even told you that I the choice is yours. You pick it, 
I watch it. We chat it. And you occasionally need a movie to... To bomb. Yeah. To... Yeah. I think everything... Like, at the airing of this episode, I think everything I've done up to this point, I've really enjoyed watching. (laughs) And, you know, so for what it's worth, I didn't hate this movie. I just never want to watch it again. And I appreciate how beautiful the people are in this film. Mm -hmm. Like, Chang Tatum and uh, Mila Kunis. Great. They are great-looking people. Yeah. And... uh, (laughs) I think that that tends to be the reaction for most people who watch this film. It's either a, why would you do this to yourself? Or, like, yes, it's trash, but you'll pry it from my cold, dead hands. Like, that's, that and tends People to be... hold on to their trash pretty vigorously. <laughs> I'm um, talking to a guy who, who, who has Friday the 13th artwork on his body and his walls of his apartment. They are trash movies. They are god-awful, and I love Every last one of them. And I think that depending on what type of genre speaks to you, like that particular genre's trash is going to appeal to certain people more. Um, So I'm a sci-fi fantasy person. And for me, this movie was like watching every like paranormal sci-fi romance I've ever read. And yes, I'm that girl. Um, Like given a Marvel budget. And I... I went into this movie already having heard the, like, WTF mm-hmm. in regards to it. Like, I didn't watch this movie until sometime a year ago. Okay. So certainly not when it first came out. And I had been meaning to for a while because, like, it's gorgeous. Like, it's absolutely gorgeous. Agreed. It's visually stunning, very appealing. And, like, All the, day. The colors and the 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 art that went into certain parts of the movie, and we'll get to that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like that appealed to me from a from like a sci-fi fantasy perspective, but I put it off because I had heard that it was not the height of cinematic achievement. Um, Say it ain't so. <laughs> so, but it that's that's almost why I like it so much is because. It is so tropey and so overblown. And the the plot is your basic, like, paranormal sci-fi romance novel. And I can appreciate that on a certain level because we get so many, like, dude hero movies going out into space, saving the universe, being the chosen one, doing the hero's journey. And, mm-hmm. like... Well, yeah, well me, you're, you're well-traveled in the literary devices. <laughs> um, Well-read, lady. Yeah, and Mila Kunis's character, Jupiter, is some of the things she says in this movie are absolutely things that would have come out of my mouth in similar situations. So I can appreciate, like, the the realism of her reaction to what's happening to her. Um, and with the sheer amount of, like, stereotypes and tropes that are floating around this movie, like, that, I can get behind that. That is something I can identify with. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I the dialogue, well, parts of the dialogue were very much, you know, Mila Kunis's reaction to many things are very universal. Like, what the fuck just happened? What does this mean? <laughs> Why? What? Like, I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. It's fine. I'm dreaming. Exactly. And it it, it was good. And I'll, a critique, an early critique I have of this dialogue is some of it was almost pandering. 
to like to the to the ones who would be like the simpleton reactionary types who who were like oh of course you would say that because that's what I would say it almost felt it almost felt like it was like I said like it, it pandering and I don't know trying to find an audience that I think they're trying to mass appeal it because a lot of people who are in your in your realm who really enjoy this genre or this this combination of genres you guys are already sold we got you but also the average 14 year old kid going to the movie theater like how are they going to relate how could they relate better i you know something to think about so to be clear like i was not sold on this movie going in like i i was like because i have a pretty i have a pretty high standard for my my sci-fi movies we have so many fantastic movies um that this one is one of those like it has this really weird spot where it's not like i said earlier the height of of cinematic achievement Mm -hmm. um but it's still like i've watched it more than once (laughs) (laughs) so um you know there's 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 this appeal to it that i feel like you know you have movies where there's just that certain something either it's like super campy or it's just super awful but in a way that makes it appealing and i feel like that that that's the note that jupiter ascending ends up hitting like there's certainly parts of the movie where i'm like oh my god you gotta be kidding me why would you do that um and then there are other points where i'm like dude that why couldn't you have just made the entire movie that? <laughs> they would have done so much better. Um, so I don't know whether you want to get started talking about the... Yeah, well, so we start off and then um, the whole Russian, you know, and they go after the telescope, like the Jupiter's parents. Um, yeah, so it was really interesting for me to watch like the intro for this movie because it was a very stereotypical, very... Like, want to tug on your heartstrings, like, zero to 60, get you invested from the get. Like, meet cute in Russia, and, like, this touching moment with their parents bonding. You know, Jupiter's not even born yet, and then, boom, dad's dead. Bye, dad. Yeah, and it's all done with this, like, dramatic voiceover where she's, like, telling her story. And I get what they were trying to do, but at the same time, I was like... And what's with the telescope? So, I mean, like, it was like, God, they were. I think they were leaning. Come hell or high water, they were walking out of that place with that fucking telescope, man. And I think that's one of my major nitpicks with this movie is the the contrivances to make it work. That's the... what I told someone else. Someone else <laughs> was asking me, what's one of your next episodes going to be? I said, well, I'm watching so-and-so and so-and-so and Jupiter Ascending. And then, of course, they had the him and hall with me about, like, that's a crap movie, right? Like, I guess it is. I want to find out. Um, but but then they brought up the whole uh, – their, their their main gripe was, like, it's so contrived. I'm like – It is. Um, and and it, was it is. And it was flabbergasting to me because some of the writing for this movie was fantastic. And then other parts of it were – and it may just be because I'm the sheer amount of, like – literature and story that i've consumed over my lifetime where i can see the plot points where you're like we need to make this a thing make it happen 
and there's not a whole lot of grace to it. It's very yeah. forced. Yeah, I um, it seems that some of this the the plot points in this movie, it, you know, you can definitely tell it was following a beat. Um, well, all movies follow the beat of something, but it didn't it didn't seem like it seemed like a color by number kind of yeah plot. Um, what they got right here was definitely the visuals, mm-hmm. and so and to the credit of the Wachowski siblings, now they're no longer the brothers, now they're siblings. I forget Wanda and Lily. I mm-hmm. think their names are. I believe so, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong too. Um, if nothing else, I mean they they had a one hit. I'm not saying that they're a one hit wonder, but the Matrix was is pretty amazing. I'm actually going to disagree with that one hit wonder thing because sensate was phenomenal that was a show yes but i it's why this movie confused me so much because they've done amazing things in well well my point was across the board i feel even with speed racer even though that movie was really hard Mm. to watch story-wise again visually stunning wondrous to, to behold for sure and the matrix films and even like i mean some of the CGI and the Matrix sequels were, was kind of dopey looking, um, but the original, original, very groundbreaking, and and the, so that's one thing that's their strength. So it'd be interesting to see like if they were given a script written by a very strong writer or set of writers, and they applied their visual sensibilities. I think that could really punch super hard. Well, and that's why I brought up brought boy, up a boy can dream. Sensate is because even though it's not a film, it is a Netflix show. It was, oh my goodness, so good. Like I couldn't, watching that show was like coming home. And I was devastated when it got canceled and super elated when we got the, they did a movie as like a closer for the show. And watching this movie and loving Sensate as much as I do, and then having the Matrix, like I just didn't, I wasn't sure. Like, what it was that happened with this movie where, like, parts of the storytelling... And the premise they have is actually really interesting. Like, I don't... I've never seen the show, so don't, don't hate me. So and the premise for Jupiter Ascending is fascinating. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. Um, in addition to Sensate. So, but since we're talking Jupiter Ascending rather than Sensate... Um, we are. The, like, the concept of... It's people. Like that you would think that'd be something to build on and make interesting. And I think that the fact that they focused more on the um, the people rather than the story, like Jupiter and um, Wolf Boy, Kane, I think, um, mm-hmm. Channing Tatum. Um, yes. And like what the is, inner... What is this fucking name? Cause I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> I'll, I'll look this up. I'll, I'll Who's... solve this riddle while we're, while you're continuing your point. Um, so the, like the, and some of the, the intercharacter, like the interpersonal relationships, the character dynamics, so those, those were interesting as well. Like they were pretty well done. It was just like some of the storytelling itself really fell short. And part of it was like we were talking about earlier, the contrivances, like the telescope, like dude being shot over a telescope. Why? Like that's not. Yeah. And I feel like they tried to sort of like backdoor explain it later in the movie when Jupiter was shopping for a telescope and they showed how much it was worth. Mm-hmm. But that didn't <clears throat> that didn't help us 
at the beginning of the movie because by the time you get to the latter point you're not trying to explain the plot holes when it first started no because you don't know what you're looking at exactly and um so by the way Jane Tatum's character is Kane. Okay. Kane Wise and the Wachowski siblings' names are Lily and Lana. There you not go. Not Wanda. Um, I was close-ish. I was syllabically similar. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. So, oh, where my notes go? Oh no. There we go. So, and then Eddie Redmayne, who the homeboy that is character. so good. Oh my god. His character is terrible. Eddie. His, Redmayne whisper screaming his way through this movie is maybe oh, one of my favorite things. I was watching some internet reviewing critic people that I, I just follow and I and have followed them for years. And one of them was saying it was a cross between someone else and like uh, uh, Richard Harris's Dumbledore. <laughs> I forgot who the other person he's, he, met, he said it sounded like, but basically like, yeah, yeah. this... It's like someone who's trying to learn how to scream death metal because you really you, you whisper it mm-hmm. to, to protect your, your vocal cords. And it's like, oh, yeah. Sounds like, <laughs> am I listening to Eddie Redmayne or Demi Borgir? Like, I don't know what we're listening to here. And it, it took me out of the movie. Like, the, the first scene, I'm like, what the fuck is this supposed to be? And I think for me it was a little less disconcerting because the way that sci-fi handles – like the indicators of otherness tend to be something that is not um, like it's supposed to throw you off. Mm. Um, now, historically speaking, the the preference is different colored hair, funny hair, different colored skin. Like some dude's going to show up green. Um, of course. Yeah, and so you you get these these sort of like non human aspects and i think because there are other characters in the movie that are like the splices that are Mm. mixed with animals and stuff like they wanted something that made him seem other but still presented as like disturbingly human and for some reason that's what he landed on i don't know who made that choice but um yeah they could have done a few uh few different passes i think to kind of get the voice like i appreciate what he was trying to do kind of like separate him from the pack in a way because he's like he's like what contesting with the siblings for dominance or yeah the, the, the plot still kind of baffles me because it's so stupid it's the abrasics family there Correct. are three siblings yes um and he plays balaam yeah balem is the eldest Balem. and then Kalik is the middle and then titus, titus. is the youngest yes um and i think one of my when I, the first time I watched this movie through, it was really interesting for me because, like, you have, once you get through the beginning with, like, Jupiter and her family and her, like, boring life montage and, like, astrology and, you know, things that are supposed to be plot relevant but are not, um, you, you sort of land on this, like, futuristic-y looking planet with blue sand and just absolutely empty wind blowing like it's supposed to be all like desolate and creepy and stuff and you get these three siblings who are you know trying to get us somewhat invested in the mystery of what the hell is this shit we're looking at right here Mm -hmm. um and so eddie redmayne's character shows up like an all wrinkled and gross ish sort of 
Um, and so does Kalik's character. And then Titus is all young and they're playing family politics. And somehow the earth is beautiful and super valuable. And it's. Yeah, because they, they own the planets. Apparently. They, they have like a, a share. Yeah. And they're talking about harvesting and like it's it's. It's an attempt to inject, like, the beginning of... It's supposed to get the viewer interested in what's happening outside of Jupiter's life. Outside of, like, what's the point of what I'm watching? And, yes. like, it's gorgeous. Yeah, but it, it follows all the expositional tropes of, yeah. of like... It, they, have to, they have to address each other by their name. So we know, the audience, who each other is and i get it i respect it um i just didn't care yeah and um but well i mean i have another huge gripe about expositional actually wrote down exposition (laughs) overload (laughs) yeah when we finally meet uh sean bean's character stinger uh that's not yet we're not there yet no um we have a gunfight with channing tatum and for when i first watched this movie i didn't know who was in it besides mila kunis Mm mm-hmm and for a while, I was looking at because you can only get a good shot of him in the beginning. He's like in that little alleyway fight scene. He's climbing up that the... that scene. So I actually have my own notes about that scene where it's like they the way that they did like the makeup and the the costumes and stuff for the characters not of Earth was very specifically targeted to like these are other, um, and I think it was to draw a very specific dividing line between like earth and everything else mm-hmm. to so that mina coolis's character like would like she's so shut out she doesn't know what's gonna happening and they're they're showing that in many ways and like i couldn't i couldn't he's just this this shot of him doing the like super mysterious stranger saunter down a darkened alley with people perched on the buildings talking about him in these hushed voices and he's got the like boots. he's some secret badass that and they can tell because boots. Right. Literally. <laughs> and Oh my god, he's the boots. Oh <laughs> my god. Where'd he get those? That's that's kinda of what I took away from it. I'm Apparently like, you have to be a skyjacker to get those boots. Yeah. It's like just, we know what that means. I know. And I I feel like they're they they just pummel us with information so we can like soak it all in like a sponge and then they'll start to pull the threads out as the story goes so we can like oh kind of start connect the dots like well that's why that's important that's what that means i don't There's know like, not they... a lot of finesse to it no it's really rough um and i'm i'm a self-professed story horror i love lore in any shape and form and like it is one of my main gripes as well. Like somehow they managed to have so much exposition and still not give us a lot to work with. Nothing was relevant. Yeah. It's just this info dump and it's supposed to get us invested in what's happening. And, and it, go ahead. Well, it's just, it's something where, you know, I, I obviously, I didn't have a problem continuing with the movie. Um, It was just as much between like, and some of it was pretty people. Um, some of it was like pretty things. Um, like we have at one point in the movie, like you see the various shots of like the, the spaceships and oh my God, they're so gorgeous. I can't stand it. Um, and I think that 
it's it's such a juxtaposition between where the story falls apart and where everything else was done right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's it. That's that's a, that we're just going to keep harping on that for the majority of the episode. So I, I like the and you're a girl. You, you can you can probably attest to this. So what, hang on. So Jupiter, we see we come back to Jupiter. We meet some people. We see Channing Tatum. And my point about Channing Tatum is I couldn't see who he was at first. For, mm-hmm. uh, for in my head, I thought it was Charlie Hunnam, um, Sons huh. of Anarchy. Yeah, um, no, I get that. Um, but then I we finally see him. Like, oh, it's the other it, pretty white boy. There's many pretty white boys, <laughs> but they're both they're both pretty pretty they're pretty white and they're white boys. Um, and no, so Mila Kunis, she's got her family now she's with her mom and like it's like the big fat greek wedding but big fat russian, russian wedding yeah. and so anyway so she's a a um house house cleaner house, yeah. house cleaning business scrubbing toilets and she's kind of like you know making it work and one of her clients is this really gorgeous blonde woman and uh the aliens so at, but i want to pause for a second because it's like it's so funny how like um as, as as different sexes go, like women just change in front of women, and men typically change in front of dudes, and it's like it's like not a second thought. I just thought it was funny how like this woman, she's just like, I feel like she really worked hard to for that underwear scene, and Mila Kunis is all like, oh, oh yeah, that dresses looks, looks great on you. And uh, honestly, like I don't, I'm kind of with Mila Kunis on this one. Uh-huh. I was like. I don't, do you just spend like a billion hours a day in the gym or like, cause the, I don't, I don't know a single person in my life who would look like that. And maybe it's a testament to like the, the, the disparity and like this person has a lot of money clearly enough to pay people to clean her house. And somehow her, her cleaner person is her confidant. Like there's, there's a certain trope there that I'm a, a little less comfortable with. Um, but the like, it's one of those things where, like, and I I do this with my female. I do, I'm staying with a friend right now where, like, we don't even, I was getting ready this morning and I was just like, all right, I'm running around in this and this. Are you okay? Yeah, okay, fine. Like, it's not something where we necessarily, unless you're being all like, oh, yeah, I got something cute. Come take a look at it. We're not really assessing each other like that. Mm-hmm. It's part of the comfort level. Yeah. I think there's not a threat there, or there's not well, typically not a perceived threat. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's even, and that's not something that I like. Women, women seeing each other as a threat is something that I think is very, like, put forward by the media that we consume. You know, like yeah, my you, neighbors are like putting up paintings or something something um like we see we consume media where like women are in competition with one another but i mean my my female friendships are not like that (laughs) otto always makes guest appearances on the show That's, that's his lot in life um so why, so why were the aliens there in the first place? So part of the prior scene 
with the whole like and it was this like mini like fight slash chase scene that happened when um Channing Tatum slash Kane shows up to check out um like we briefly see the name of the medical clinic he goes in and the name on the paperwork is Catherine Dunleavy and we don't know what that means yet um so it turns out that someone somewhere has tripped some sort of like super future space people alarm thing Mm -hmm. um and they've come to investigate for reasons that we are told later on. And so they show up because this is Catherine Dunleavy. And they don't provide enough information necessarily. You can get it sort of from context if you're really paying attention. I don't think most people would be. Um, where they, they check her DNA and it flashes red. And they're like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Um, so they get their memories wiped and no one's any the wiser. Until later on when Jupe is at said clinic waiting for an appointment, um, checking her phone, and she sees, like, the photo of these freaky alien things. And she's like, what the hell is this? Um, But skipping back just a little bit to a scene that happens between those two, um, one one of the characters that I love to hate in this movie is her cousin, Vlad, who's such a douche. Oh, yeah. He's terrible. Such a douche. So they've come up, I say they, but according to the movie, it's his idea. Um, She's gone to a fertility clinic to sell her eggs. And part of that is genetic testing, uh, which apparently is what tripped this alarm. And she has like this conversation with her family that we referenced earlier, like everyone's shouting and stereotypically Russian, um, where like we find out from that scene that she wants a telescope, which Mm -hmm. is how this all started apparently apparently um and so you know we we have this conversation between her and her cousin where like he's gonna get more money out of it because he's a douche um but the purpose of this is to ostensibly like sell her eggs and so we have her in in the clinic she's waiting for her appointment and like I have to say, like, as a female, just the whole, like, being in a doctor's room and not being able to move, like, that was a really, like, I didn't like that, mm-hmm. that scene for, like, a half second. Um, and then Space Wolf Boy comes swooping in on... Yes. his little surfboard. Or, no, his skates. His, his, yeah. his skatey surfboard anti-grab boot things. It's just... I guess the movie's version of a knight in shining armor, mm-hmm. um, and you know they they cool. <laughs> they stare soulfully at each other before she passes the fuck out. Um, as you do, as you do, um, and then wakes up apparently like twelve hours later, and this scene really just rung weird for me. It felt so scripted. I think you know how movies are made, right? Don't (laughs) come for me, John, okay? (laughs) Relax. Get a sample. Make sure this is the right one. Wait. 
It's her. Good. Kill her. Up. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Tell me what you mean. And like he had, and maybe it's just because of like the books I've read and stuff, where I've 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 seen read whatever the scene a bajillion times, where it's you have the female character and the male character, and they're clearly love interest, mm-hmm. and he does something that's supposed to set her at ease about the fact that he's like big and hulking and and like super pretty, and. But she's in a position where, like, she's going to be freaking out. Um, yes. Like, she's now suddenly clothed. And... Um, she's just in a hospital gown. Before, her ass is just hanging out like everyone else in a hospital gown. But now she has clothes on. Yep. Um, so she wakes up, and he's like, there's a gun by her. And he's like, I did it to make you feel comfortable. And I'm like, what civilian is immediately going to reach for a gun and know what to do with it. You're just as likely to shoot yourself. Um, but sure, it's a movie. We'll roll with it. And then he does the speech about, like, you know, how we're 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 dumb, and we don't know that other planets and species exist. And it's a great trope of like we're not alone. Yeah, I think you're alone, but I've seen it done so many times. Yeah, and she's like, I'm dreaming. I must be dreaming. He's like, you know, they say you're gonna say that, and I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> And it's, I feel, I feel like the purpose of this was to build some sort of rapport between them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the first time they're alone. It's, like, ostensibly could be construed as a moderately intimate setting, you know, because you can infer that, like, he's had his hands on her. You know, they have a moment where he's, like, bringing her up to speed. Then he scoops her up so he can take her in the super special gravity beam. And... Then we have this super, super unnecessary, like, 10-minute chase through the city that, while gonna, gorgeous, I can't manage to pay attention to the whole thing. I, I was going to comment on that as well because, like, <laughs> it looks great. It's it so fun to watch, but then, uh, like, two minutes in, I'm like, we should probably wrap this up. Well, and I... I'm... Like, we, I get it. They get away, and then they hijack the, the, the jet, and then next scene, they're in a car. Yeah. And I'm and... like, okay, right on, okay. They're in a car now. And they're building, and like, well, back to the whole, you know, the aliens, they wipe people's memories, you know, a la Men in Black, don't get everybody, but who's going to believe a crazy person? And as he's like, who, everyone saw the, this destruction, everyone saw this, and you look back and you see like the buildings are being reforged. Smoke disappearing. Yeah, it's, and but I like the, um, I like that one bit of dialogue, uh, he's, Chang Tatum is trying to explain some stuff to her. She's like, I I heard gravity and surf. Right? Like, that is... That was a funny bit. I like yeah. That. That, made me, that made me laugh. Yeah. Um, well, and the thing is, is like, I'm I'm a pretty ADHD person. And if, it's, and if it's loud and it has moving colors, like, that's great. But so much of that in my brain is just going to, like, I can't, I don't have the attention span for that. And so, like, I, I, I had to specifically sit down and make myself watch this scene all the way through. And it's 
it bothers me how they do themselves such a disservice because the like the the aircraft and everything are really cool like they look like birds they're held together by i'm assuming like electromagnetic currents like they move like they're flying Mm -hmm. like it's really nifty and i'm a nerd so like i when i watch stuff like this in the back of my head's like how would this scientifically be possible like how would they pull this off you ever watch that one show i cut you off youtube uh, it's called because science it's this really cool dude, um, Kyle, I think, I forget his name. And he, he breaks down all these big moments in these sci-fi shows and films. Like, he does, like, the, the hard math, the scientific data. Like, in X-Men, when Quicksilver, right, Quicksilver? Yeah, when he's running around, he's like, how much he com- computes the time it would take for him to get everyone out of the mansion in time. And he does stuff about Wolverine and time travel and everything. So I'm curious if he's done something about, you know, like, certain, like, Vehicle, vehicles and how what science is what possible science because he has he has to go go off on a lot of um assumptions yeah there's because sorry we don't have real data collection of such things in the real world well and most of that is going to be theoretical anyway so when we talk about like yep. time travel or anything like that in any movie um or anything having to do with like quantum physics or what have you like it's it's a whole lot of theoretical and for some of that the math just doesn't exist yet um so i'm gonna have to check that out i sounds familiar i think i've seen a few episodes i'll send you the link yeah so um that great back catalog of just weird shit yeah so the like but even that wasn't enough to like keep my attention through this entire sequence because it's so long and so unnecessary. The drags. I, I was watching this with one of my best friends, and God bless him for, for sitting through this with me. Um, he did it by, like, alcohol. <laughs> um, and he he his point was, like, why don't they just fly up? Why are they flying through the city? Like, what is the point of that? And I was I like... I think if they flew up, they would be more targeted easy, easy, more easily, because there's no obstruction of buildings to block... Shot patterns, I guess. That's my, that's my only answer I can... Yeah, and basically what I told him is don't apply logic. That's not going to work here. Um, and with that, I also wrote down at the end of the scene, and when it, you know, an hour later when it finally wrapped up, <laughs> um, I was like, I wrote down, how is she not sick? Right? Like, how is she not so motion sick? She's like, she experienced some roller coaster rides of utmost potential because they were going they're zipping and zapping and everything up and down and well and it's hard to tell how fast they're going like it It looked pretty quick yeah i don't know if they'd be pulling g's at all and even if there was some sort of artificial gravity available in those ships like just the sheer disorientation like that's a good point like she yeah um anyway so anyway my this leads to one of my favorite like moments in this film which is they have um borrowed quotation marks borrowed a car to get out of the city they have that that conversation you referenced earlier about um like how how no one's gonna notice which in the back of my mind i was like this is a very like Mulder scully conversation um oh yeah yeah um and then she's like good thing the owner of a car is a woman and like slaps a pad to the side 
of him because he's took a hit. And I'm like, that's fantastic. I love that. Because, I mean, it's pretty much what they do anyway. Why not use it? Yes. Um, But, I, and it leads to a great moment later on in the movie when Sean Bean's character is fixing Kane up and he just sort of like rips it off and stares at him. And I was like, I don't know what you're mad at, bruh, because it served its function. Like, literally is what it's made for. Exactly. Um, oh no, women's biology. <laughs> What are you doing? I just want the owner of this car to know who borrowed it. We needed a little profile to get out of the city. Oh, oh my God. You're bleeding. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Lucky for you. A woman owns this car. What is that? Is that a... Just, I want to thank you. For saving my life. I mean, I... I've never been so scared when I started falling. And you were there. Do you do this sort of thing a lot? No. Then why did Titus hire you? Titus hired me because I'm good at finding people. Are you taking me to him now? I have five um, sisters, and, and I, I, it's, I don't give a shit. Some guys get all weirded out. I don't get it. I, I think desensitization probably plays a role in that. I, yeah, I'm not trying to like, like pump my own chest about it, but I get the stigma of like it's taboo and it's gross and it's whatever. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't um, be. You're correct. So, and this is one of my, one of my. One of the better scenes in the movie, I think, just because of the Sean Bean is Sean Bean. Like, he's, he's just. Great. He's great. And we show up to this, like, cottage in farmland, and it's covered in bees. Just covered in bees. And. All the bees are there. We show up, and there's a super dramatic moment of, like, Kay knocking on the door. And I love the names for these characters. His name's. Dinger. Dinger. Like, and I don't care if it's just like a, a military moniker, because I, I definitely have another Marine friend um, who goes by Bullet. Um, and so they have this, like, and it's such a bro moment. Like, mm -hmm. it's a bro moment. They are, like, Kane did something to fuck up, Bean took the hit, and now they're going to brawl it out. And. Yeah. That's something that I, I kind of appreciate sometimes about how dudes relate to one another. I don't say it's healthy, but like apparently all you guys got to do is hit each other a couple of times and you're good. Um, yeah. And keep it moving. <laughs> right. Um, Box is checked. Yeah. So that's now. Services rendered. The closest things thing girls would slap fights, which don't actually happen and doesn't ever actually fix anything. Yeah. Um, but so we we get this this scene of these two guys duking it out and there's this this really interesting like shot of Bean's eyes sort of doing this metallic thing um and like I and I think it was supposed to indicate like he's he's weird like Kane as opposed to just like a standard human right um and then like this this teenage girl shows up and apparently it's 
Bean's daughter, yeah. Stinger's daughter. Um, and we get a little more backstory for, like, they were Legionnaires. Like, Kane did some shit, and Bean took the fall for it. He, he bit a, an Entitled. He, I think he was... tore the throat out of an Entitled, apparently. Just a little which... nip. Just a little... Some, some. Uh-huh. Um, and this apparently, uh, they had wings, which I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. We're a flying sky puppy now. Okay. Um, Why not? <laughs> so Sky puppy, that's a good one. I I tend to sass movies if I can't take them seriously. Um, it's what they deserve. Right? So, and it's, we get this, this sort of... Um, Another info dump from Stinger. That's what I wrote. Exposition overload. I was like, oh my God. I see this is the problem. I, another problem I have with this movie and why some sci-fi movies get it right is they show us. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me. Don't don't talk to me. Like, because you're like, it's, I feel that women, when women, I'm so sorry, movies. Okay, I'm John. I'm just staring at him now. Yeah, right. When movies um, elect to not show us things and rather just what well, exposition has its place and should be there. The, this dumping that happens throughout this film is like the movie saying the audience is too dumb or is it's, 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 it's too complicated to, to show you. I have to, I got to like break it down for you. And I feel like the better sci-fi movie, better movies period, but in, in the realm of sci-fi, they do a better job collectively as a film when they show us and they walk us through things versus just pummeling us yeah. with, with exposition. That statement I agree with. I don't necessarily know if I hold with the, like the audience was too stupid. I think it was just lazy writing. Um, yeah, but that's, that's, I mean, granted the writing was awful, but I think, I think that um, at the same time, like, you already are putting so much time and, and effort and energy into these wonderful visuals. You know, show us a flashback. Maybe yeah. some, maybe like a voice, like a like a prune prune down some of the exposition. Give us a couple bullets over voice dialogue or narration. Boom, got it. And I can get, connect better with what I'm looking at. Yes, and I definitely agree with that point. My takeaway from how they handled it was, and the reason I I called it lazy writing is my my it's, feeling it's great having upstairs neighbors who are not at work either apparently because it's yeah. I'm um, sorry continue no worries the like the way that they handled imparting the information to because i think it was not just like to the audience they were doing it to the audience and jupe at the same time and i think what they were attempting to do was build some sort of rapport between her and those characters. Those were the the friendly aliens, the like fellow protagonist types. Mm-hmm. And I I think it was very clumsily done. There were other ways that that could have been handled. Although it does there's a a good like a good line is like Sean Bean's talking about how like we're we're not really from Earth and all this other stuff. And as he's in the middle of this like uh like space PowerPoint almost like his tablet fritzes out and he's like budget budget cuts um which which made me made me laugh a little bit yeah um i also like how um 
we find out more about see this is what this is what i mean about visuals because we had the bee thing that was pretty cool so all those bees they leave her mila kunis alone jupiter alone and we hear because they don't you're royal you're a queen so, so it was sort of a queen. So we we it's sort of shoehorned into it when she's asking about um, how why Kane and Stinger have brands on their necks, and right. they start giving us the backstory on like what splices are, and they're like bioengineered, um, and Wolf being boy. space puppy, yeah, space puppy, um, and. So Stinger is talking about how the splice, the gene splicer that made him was really fond of bees. And like bees are genetically programmed to respond to royalty. And there's this really cool like scene where I'd love to know how they pulled this off. Where you see Jupe just sort of moving her arms in the air and the bees are moving in concert with her. Mm -hmm. And this is... Like, you know, they start freaking her out first, and I don't know what happened here, and I don't maybe it's just me, but, like, when she runs off the porch, suddenly she has a southern accent for, like, one line, and it bothered me. Um, what is she saying? I don't remember that She was all. like, you know, what's happening here, or something like that. At first I thought it was Kisa, the, the daughter, um, but her mouth's not moving during that scene. Like, I rewatched it just to be sure. So, okay, so, no, Mia Kunis has a like american southern no, like the way that she exclaimed that phrase sounded southern like southern to me interesting like, i'll have to go back i might yeah. i might have to dub it in here yeah on my edit just um, to see what we're talking about and so they start calling her her majesty and this is another thing that kind of irked me is i i don't know any other like if you were to suddenly out of blue blue call me your majesty i'm gonna be like the fuck are you talking about like immediately you don't yeah. get to say it three times and five minutes later like no i'd just be like what what no yeah no. and i i, I kind of hate that because like so at first i thought maybe i wasn't paying attention and they addressed it earlier but after they, after they started calling her your majesty and then but she finally like bucks up and it's like What's the, that about? What the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, I'm like, don't, don't drag us down that road. Just, just, just get <laughs> too to the, late. You know, I, I didn't appreciate that. That was annoying to me. Um, <clears throat> of course, then, of course, now the farm is compromised. Yeah, they get attacked at the farm. But the one, so I'm actually going to stop you really quickly because there's something that stop me. Um, in in this sequence before the the farm is attacked, where we have this, um, and this is such a stereotypical scene. If you're if you've read or watched any sort of like romance type thing, you get the like sob story for the 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 male character, where he's this like loner alpha type, and oh he doesn't God. have a pack, and now he's a relentless killer. And I'm like, oh fuck me, just don't even. He's a good-looking rebel who plays by his own rules. It's like it's okay. I get it. It's it's like it is so. It's so tropey. It's, it's so tropey. There's so this entire movie but, is so tropey. But there is an audience for that kind of romance cliche. Hi. <laughs> We've met, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a handsome guy. He's good shape. He's a bit of a wolf. I mean, it's so like. Well, it's reason, so pandering, though. There's a reason that trope exists. And the reason uh -huh. is that I... you, you, everyone has this need to belong. And 
that that specific trope the reason that you you have that like that genre to begin with because there there's a whole ass genre for like paranormal romance urban fantasy sci-fi type stuff with like dragon vampire werewolf boyfriends like it there and it's don't laugh at me no it's great Um, no because you're not wrong (laughs) (laughs) um and it's it's this idea that there is someone to whom like you are the thing like you are that thing that they've been searching for their whole life. And the the genre isn't specific to just like male female interactions. Like you have the reverse where it's like the female like vampire space puppy whatever and the dude and it's it's that concept of finding like your person. Mm-hmm. Finding the person who's going to be like, "Yes, that I like that. I want to keep that. That mine." And so the the trope with the like because we're we're taught in our society and our culture that that like being male has to be this like like alpha like whatever. What are you talking about, Lindsay? I'm in the Marine Corps. <laughs> what on earth do you mean? <laughs> and so the fact that they the fact that they set him up as this sort of like and they get they they lean into the whole like um like wolf thing like he's a lichen tat he needs a pack but he was a runt and he's half albino and i'm like you can't be there's no you can't have it both ways i feel well there's no such thing as half albino there is in this movie god damn it (sighs) (laughs) hey hey don't knock the superb writing in, 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 in play here okay the they were, They probably nerd. wrote this movie in a whole week and a half. <laughs> this science nerd in me gets so mad at this because it's so basic. Um, and they just, they lean into that like loner alpha, like he needs something to believe in. He needs a cause, but he doesn't have one. So instead he's going to be brutal and ruthless and murr. And I'm like, all right, fine. We get it. He's a badass. Can we just go? I, cause like it, it's, it was established in this first two, the, the very first action scene, and then when he rescues said damsel, I, I get it. He's a male specimen, air quotes, guys. Yeah, like I, 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 we already connected those dots. The picture's painted. Yeah. Let's keep it moving. And that's another gripe. I usually say this till the end of the show, but I'll, this movie fucking blows, so I'll say it now. <laughs> it's my show, my rules. Called our, it. And, um... It's movies just drags. This movie is so boring in parts because it was like, cut, trim the fat off, get get the, put the good parts together, and like, you know, I feel every scene, um, every scene kind of had its purpose, but I think every scene kind of went on longer than it, or not every scene. That's that, that's a broad generalization, but a lot of scenes felt like they could have just left a bit on the editing editing room floor, and. Um, definitely with the expositional scene with Sean Bean and I love Sean Bean the man's great to watch yeah I, I adore that man but also I was like I felt like I was getting waterboarded the whole scene I'm like shut the fuck up man yeah I don't care anymore well and I and I agree with you with the and the, the scenes they should have made a little longer they didn't which boggled my mind so prior to this this farmhouse scene I believe we get this super brief shot of a like starship like 
breaking through the rings of something or whatever. Right, right, right. And you see, like, Eddie Redmayne doing this, like, water thing, naked body rising out of, like, a pool of something. And it's it's so fast. Like, you blink and you miss it. And I feel like if Netflix ever gets around to having a category of things I can watch without ever looking up from my phone, like, Jupiter Sending's the poster child for that particular category. Like, because you don't... It's it's actually a really well done like like mini plot like foreshadowing type deal, and but it's so fast and it's so easy to miss. And if you do miss it, it doesn't screw anything up, and that bothers me. Stuff like that should be important. And that's and that's so the, it brought the film snob out in me a lot because I I dissect films mm-hmm. and I love and I like. My last episodes I recorded with with my friend Erica about Midsummer and the Silence of the Lambs. Side note: I'm also living right next to an airport, and I always hear the planes take off. It's it's great. You've got background noise. It mean it means that I live in a society that still is functioning, which is encouraging. When the airport's still running, things are okay. Um, but no, so but like in those movies and most movies really um, that really give a shit about their audience and their story. Those movies really give the audience and and the story like those nuggets to chew on and go back to. So when you, even if you don't see everything the first time around, it's okay. Movies, the story is good enough where it can stand its own three acts. But when you go back again and again and again, it adds to it. You're like you you start seeing more things like oh fuck oh fuck oh like a great example. This is. I've talked. I've haven't done an episode on this movie, but I talked about it in my Shaun the Dead episode. Is the movie Hot Fuzz, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a is a superior film to Shaun of the Dead. Um, every time I, I see the movie, upwards of forty plus times. In that's being very conservative numbers. Every time I see something I didn't see the first time or the time previous, and it's it's a gift that keeps on giving. It's like a great STD, and. <laughs> Not the example I would have gone with, but sure. Well, sometimes I gotta say something some, something off the wall to make sure the audiences are still paying attention. But did he just fucking say STD? The guy's fucking crazy. But anyway, where were we? We were talking about how when you rewatch Jupiter Ascending and you notice new things, it doesn't actually add anything to the experience. You yes, just yes. go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Moving on now. Yeah. Did you notice... Um, so, I'm sorry. So one scene, I know we're jumping ahead a little bit here. She gets to like the ship in space, and everyone's all like, "Oh wow, our queen is back!" And she's kind of like, "Okay," but then like this whole pilgrimage she has to take with her little uh, assistant to like get all the. Are you talking about the DMV sequence? Fuck me, that was funny. <laughs> it was hysterical. It might be one of my favorite things about the whole thing. Um, just that that idea that bureaucracy is bureaucracy no matter how advanced you are. Yeah. Um, I mean, the sludge has to get moved somehow, and sometimes you've got to just sit through it. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that... And uh, I'm going to keep saying it. It's part of why like, I just don't understand why this movie wasn't better put together because you have the i'm just going to call the dmv sequence um you have what it is pretty much so what we have been 
able to ascertain up to this point in the movie is that um, Jupiter is something called a recurrence. It is um, a, a genetic anomaly in which you have managed to become the exact duplicate of another individual in the universe. Now, science does hold up for this. It's extremely unlikely, but it is a possibility. It's also one of the major plot points of Dune, but that's a... See, see that, no, now we're talking about a good story. <laughs> we can't do that right now, Lindsay. No. Um, I think I still have that book somewhere. I have to dig it out. I love Dune. Um, yes. Um, but also, continue. I keep, we, I keep, I keep interrupting Sounds like, can we talk about anything but this? <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm, I'm a good sport, Lindsay. Um, it could have been Stargate. Um, I, I was cool with that, but you yielded I, to, to... I wanted to give you a good episode in this. This is a great episode. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. This is fantastic. Um, and so we have her, like... I don't want to call it animatronic because he has a face. Um, Bob, which I, yes. I love that they had the most like generic name available for this like helper servitor thing. Um, and, it, and it was cool for me to see, sort of cool to see like the way that they handle like the, the different helper um, characters, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, like you have like the, the mousy guy with mousy features doing mousy things. And you have the yeah. like the walking gators running around looking super imposing and being the like, yeah, I'll take her out, it's fine. Um and then you've got like this the servitor looking thing who's helping her navigate the the absolute like largest ball of red tape ever invented, <laughs> apparently. Um, and I, I really liked the way that they presented this scene. I liked the way they shot it because it was very, it gave you that sense of just unending boredom that you get from waiting in line at the DMV, but while still like keeping the story moving along. Well, they and, even had that quick shot of um, of him paying off the other guy. Yeah. It's like, they're, like look, man, just fucking takes, what it would cost? Yeah, and it was good. It was it was. You seemed to drop something. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I did three tours in Abu Kesh, a battle that cost the lives of two million soldiers, and I'd rather be back there than have to deal with these bureaucrats. Greetings, Your Majesty. I am Intergalactic Advocate Bob, here to assist you through the ascension process. This is the authentic recurrence of her ladyship, the Abrasic Sovereign, and we have come to claim her title. You need to file an inheritance petition, and if the title is held, you'll need a transfer of title. Thank you. File a quit claim through Central Services, Section 918. Next. You need a title survey and gene print identification from Wilson Trusts. Yeah, I can't touch this without a tax number from the Revenue Review.
is revenue request, not revenue review. Method sort cause part tax identification sort. We can't get the title without the tax ID. This blicker. It goes without saying that graft is incompatible with my programming. I think you dropped something. Press your thumb in the depression. Seals and signets around sub 33. Your Majesty. And it, lay, it led to my legit favorite thing about this movie. Like, full stop, no argument. Holographic tattoos that take, like, five minutes. That's such a cool concept. Like... Wow, can you imagine? That'd be fucking crazy. It would be so cool. And, They'd like... They'd be super expensive. Shh. Um... I'm sorry. They would be super cheap. <laughs> just put a quarter in the thing, turn the knob, right? They come out of the glass bowl, and then boom. Just, yeah. just put no, a battery but... in it, and I'm sorry. I'm That went way further than it needed to. It was a really cool image of her just, like, putting her arm in to get the seal and the like the needles putting the tattoo on her and it was it was a really cool visual for me like the way they did it Mm -hmm. and like i i found my the first time i watched this movie like my immediate thought was oh i want one of those um and so we've got jupe through her like entitled process so Mm -hmm. that she can and so like we, we we sort of skipped over this whole um like she she was brought like there was a fight scene at at the the farmhouse and they managed to like snatch her but but Kane stowed away yeah and he like he he like comes to the rescue and it's all like she, and but she's with one, the other the other the other sibling the um the well, um the, was that is that then or was that later when she's no, with Kalik yeah, so what what happened was is the the I'm terrible at this. The team that was sent to retrieve her, there's like an internal scuffle. Like they get that it's a they're being they're being played. So rather than taking them taking her to the sibling they were supposed to, they take her to Kalik. And mm-hmm. Kalik does this this sort of like demonstration of what the main plot point is for this movie. Which is and like I said earlier, it's it's people. So they it's, they have managed to find the technology to, um, and if you're a science nerd like me, what they're referring to is as you age, um, the telomeres in your cells shorten. Like that's that's what makes you bite it um, of old age. And so they've managed to come across technology that resets your cells and the the telomere length to your optimal body condition. I think is how they phrase it. And so you see Kalik go into this bath of like glowy, liquidy stuff. And she comes out looking like she's 17 years old. And like Jupiter's properly like, oh my God, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. And they have this like supposedly like bonding conversation. 
Right. And where like Kalik's trying to like play nice and and all of that and be like, oh, yeah, you look just like her and gives her like the lowdown on what's happening, which is that Jupe is the recurrence of their mother who has died. The movie leads us to believe relatively recently, which that's up to interpretation considering these characters are millennia, like 91 millennia old. In your world, people are used to fighting for resources, like oil or minerals or land. But when you have access to the vastness of space, you realize there's only one resource worth fighting over, even killing for. More time. Time is the single most precious commodity in the universe. Sorry, I, I just don't understand what you mean when you say claim your title. Well, it's common for people in the first estate to leave a trust for any potential recurrence. My mother wrote her future self into her will. Right now, Balem owns the title to Earth, but once you claim it, the Earth will belong to you. How can one person own the Earth? It's just a planet, Jupiter. In this world, people own things far more valuable. You cannot know right now what it will be like when you're offered wealth beyond your imagining. When you can choose to remain young, beautiful, or when you can have the power to change the lives of your family for the better. And all you have to do is close your eyes. Oh, this must be the hunter Titus Hyde. Well made by the look of him. Whoa, no, 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 hey, hey! It's okay, she's on our side. The Brassics don't know any side but their own. Precisely. And since Jupiter isn't a Brassics, you can understand why I helped to get off that planet. He has contacted the Aegis. They are entering orbit now. Excellent. I had planned to take you myself, but the Aegis will undoubtedly insist they handle things from here. I wish for you the life you've always dreamed of. And You've been around for a bit. Yeah. And so you get this this sort of scene of like Kane once again swooping in on his Heelys to the rescue. Um and Mercury. His name's Mercury. Yeah. I mean you could you could say that. Yeah. I don't know. Um and they they have sort of been they've done like an end run around the Abraxics family. Because while they were in the farmhouse, Stinger put a call out to the Aegis, which is the police force mm-hmm. of yep, yep, yep. of the story, and so we're we're led to infer that most likely something nefarious would have happened to Jupiter if the Aegis hadn't been called in to escort her to bureaucracy planet, where she's able to like claim her entitled status and the um, supposed inheritance inheritance that was left for her by. Um, Mama Brassics. Right. And you think, um, I mean, I know she she supplies, Mila Kunis, Jupiter, she supplies many times over the audience's reaction for us. Yes. Like the, oh, my God, I can't believe this, da-da-da-da. But do you feel like collectively, and we don't know how much time really had transpired from Earth to the DMV scene, for example. You know, we don't get like, like a time stamp or anything, but... Do you think that she kind of accepted it really quickly? Yeah, I expected her to be 
like a little more shell-shocked. And that leads me to another like minor gripe I had that I completely forgot about till just this moment. Um, they're in the farmhouse and, and Kane's off being all broody and like gun toady, like, you know, um, and, and she's talking to Stinger. As sky puppies do. (laughs) As sky puppies do. Um, and she's talking to Stinger and she's like, he seems different since we got here. And I'm like, bitch, you've known him for less than 24 hours. What the hell do you know about like how he should or should not be acting? Like they 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 do lean a bit into the whole like suspension of disbelief for this to work, and that includes like how quickly she's able to acclimate to everything that's happening, everything that's being thrown at her to the point where like we've reached the point where like she and and Kane have that moment where they're just sort of flirting in a courtyard. Is this after the DMV scene? Yeah. So I wrote that in there. I wrote hard flirting. <laughs> right? I, I literally wrote hard flirting. And I was like, this this, is, this sucks. <laughs> because it, it it felt so forced. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> okay, I'm fully capable of believing that two pretty people would be into each other. Yeah. I, got it. I've seen all seen in real life. It, it's a real thing. But Jesus Christ, man. Just... This Either is another, fuck or fucking get over with. Like, this, just do it. It's another trope, is the thing. This is actually one that I'm really familiar with. So you get this in... It's exhausting. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just so hard to watch. Um, where it's... You have, you have the male character help the female character through something, like, mm-hmm. difficult that helps her accept her new reality. And then they have a beat, like, downtime where they can finally like connect on a personal level and then something like moderately traumatic happens and it's supposed to like get the reader slash viewer involved in this particular side story in this particular like connection between the characters and they tie it up because they she recalls his his old past crime like you can can bite me or something <laughs> i or love that line because i was like, like if jesus christ man <laughs> I mean, I get it from if you're if you're looking for those tropey, romantic, trashy things, boom, you hit the jackpot. I'm going to ignore the way you phrase that, but sure. Um, <laughs> but it. Like, how, and, no, I apologize. How should I phrase it? I don't want to okay. disrespect. No, I'm going to let enjoy. you make your own choices. Um, but I care about your feelings. <laughs> God damn it. Um, and Jesus. but it's something where it did feel forced. But at the same time, like I, I it, this movie made me appreciate appreciate Mila Kunis as an actress because the way that she did it didn't feel forced, like because it's, it's it's not her fault. No, and from a female perspective, like if you're if you're flirting with a dude you're into, and you're awkward, um, you'll say something like that. And she has a moment where she's like, I think it they're later on where they're they're in a room together and he leaves and she's like oh my god why why would i do that it was like that 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 like two second bit right there that's me and it made me like it's one of the reasons why i said earlier like i i I understand her a little like her reactions to things sure um and then so after after our hard flirt scene sean bean shows up it's a trap and, and does sean bean things um yeah, he and, does. <laughs> and and Titus swoops in, looking all like hair swept back. And oh, I almost forgot to bring up. So earlier in the movie, we have 
um, a scene where, like, Titus is being informed on what's happening, and um, the 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 assistant walks in, and it's floating space orgy. Really? Yeah. And it's not even anything happening. They're just floating. And I'm like, really? Is that our ideal, like let's make something sexy happen is just like lots Hard of women, pass. one dude floating in a circle and like, like one spot of zero G. I think it, the way it was written probably sounded very sexy. Probably. But I did not come across sexy at all. Like I, I watched that scene and I was just like, I giggled. I couldn't help it. I was like, what is, what is happening? What is this supposed to be? Um, and so, and I can't, I, I have to say, like, the first time I watched this movie, like, the, the very first time I watched this movie, like, I, I had reservations about Titus, but I didn't, like, I, I was like, I'm not sure I trust you. I'm not sure I trust you, but let's see where this goes. Right. Um, and, you know, he's, he's very, like, sympathetic. He's very, like, let me show you what this is really about. And, like takes her well and this leads me to a slight side note i love the costume department for this movie like the they did very well the outfits are gorgeous and super impractical and like i have a literal note for this where it's like i promise you it took her six hours to get into all that shit like there's no way um but from a like a, a a thematic standpoint like i can understand it's very aesthetically yes appealing for sure i agree and like i love her dress for dinner it's like this black scale oh she's knocking out the park she's a hot mess not a hot mess hot body thing yeah but Um, like specifically like the the, fits very well the aesthetic of that particular outfit was like it's this this black scale dress and she's got like this drop choker and her hair's up and it's just like it's good to have a woman on the podcast who can speak woman. <laughs> because I promise you, if I was talking about this movie with a man, so many things would be overlooked. I mean, she hot, but like... And that's where the buck would stop. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Amelia Kunis comes in the room. She's fucking banging, bro. Anyways, when Channing Tatum comes back, and that's how, I mean, how it would probably go. she is pretty fucking banging, bro. Like, so the... But all the accoutrement would not be appreciated without female sensibilities i feel i could be wrong and i'm making a broad generalization the fact that you were able to use accoutrement and a sentence correctly leads me to believe that you probably could have this conversation with another dude but yeah you're doing so well though (laughs) well thank you um so we we get this sort of like this slowdown this like beat to sort of get past all of the the action and the like you know this i i felt like we went from having two sort of two concurrent storyline type deals where Mm -hmm. and then suddenly jupes just shoved right into the the spacey one technical term um clinical even yeah yeah and and so titus tells her like what's really going on and it's that 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 shimmery pool of stuff Kalik was swimming in. That's people. It's distilled people. And Jupe, your skin. It's great. <laughs> Jupe has like an understandably like horrified reaction to this, and she drops 
this canister that apparently it took 100 people to make. And I have mixed feelings about this scene because... Understandably so. Like, the the backdrop for it is really well done. I, like, you see this this massive cargo hold of the stockpile of the... I, um, I can't remember what they call it in the movie. Um, and, like, the, you know from, like, prior in, in the movie when they're talking about, like, the Brassics family and, and profit margins and, like, they're one of the wealthiest fa- families in the galaxy and all this other stuff. But visually, like, now that you know, now that you know what the harvest is for, now that you know what the planets are for, because that was part of Sean Bean's download, the, like, you can, you can see, like, pallets upon pallets and stacks upon stacks of this, like, elixir of immortality. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you have Titus standing there, like, giving you this, like, like, oh, my mom had a change of heart at the end of her life, and she couldn't stand what we were doing anymore. And it's, from, from a, like, a, a story standpoint, that juxtaposition worked really well for me. But the, like, everything surrounding it made it feel a little out of place, mm-hmm. at least for me. And I, I felt Jupe's reaction on a visceral level, because, like, you hear you're holding the culmination of a hundred people in your hands you immediately and it just shatters and there's liquid everywhere and she's just aghast and for me that was the first clue that titus was talking shit is because he had no reaction and you could chalk that up to like this is something that he's dealt with his whole life maybe he's numb to it or whatever but like for me that was the moment i realized he was being disingenuous you mean he's not on the level what? I can't kick you from here, but if I could, I would. I know. No, I I wanted to jump in for a second here. And so after the trap, and they have they have this whole uh, um, fake fake wedding and everything. We haven't gotten to that part yet. No, as my point. Oh, okay. After they shove Channing Tatum, Wolf Boy, Sky Sky Puppy into little, which I like, kind of like his little cage you put him in it's kind of neat his how they, hole in the ground it's kind of neat how they i've never seen it before it's um, um they're very japanese um there's um from world war ii they used to put people in, in similar uh, cages it's actually pretty common um like it's in sci-fi like okay. hole in floor jail yeah oh shows what i know about sci-fi which is I'll very very eventually. little um no i, I so my notes Go from the hard flirting, the trap, to the wedding. <laughs> so Be- you skipped right over this. It, I it blurred. It blurred to me, like like honest broker. I'm like, uh, what? And before I knew it, like, Chang Tatum was out again, and he was saving the day again. Are you taking a picture of me? No, I'm looking at my notes while you're talking. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, th- th- this is the point. I don't have ADD or ADHD. Mm-hmm. That's not a brag. I'm just saying this facts. But this movie just spaced me out 
and I was trying, Lindsay, I was trying, dear, so hard with this. Listeners, and, in case you were wondering, he did text me and was like, I have to go make dinner. I can't watch this anymore. Um, so, you know, to be fair, I think I was putting dinner together while that okay. scene was happening. I was kind of like, I was at my counter. I was like putting, cutting up his vegetables. And I was looking across. I had canted the TV towards the kitchen so I could like watch. Mm-hmm. I was like, how did that happen? I don't really give a shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I... I feel like all the the big stuff I I I, fa- I watched I found, yeah. but apparently there's some some stuff I just totally w- went right past me, so that's my bad. Um. So <laughs> I the reason I was looking at my notes is because I, I I remember taking notes at this part and like my my note for this is smarmy asshole I almost fell for it the first time. <laughs> Fair enough. Um. And then, like, we have this um, this scene between Titus and Jupe where he's like, you know, are you... Because she's, she's wondering where the fuck Kane went. He's in a hole in the floor. And he's like, yes. you know, are, are you in love with Mr. Weiss? And my note for that is, love, it's been days. Slow your roll. And when she's like, <laughs> what was it? It was like, I don't, not like, I don't know what love is. But yeah, I remember that question being asked. It was like, well, he had just asked heavily. her to marry him. Yes, and the, yes, he did. The underlying Titus, that is. Yeah, the underlying like motivation behind that apparently being like altruistic, mm-hmm. and part of that conversation, in response to Jupe's like understandable hesitation, um, was Titus trying to like force the issue by being like so. So is it is it the space puppy? Like, are you in love with that guy? And and I was like, that's not. You're a douche. <laughs> but that was like Correct. watching it later. Um, and so the um, like he ultimately holds like a pardon for Kane and Stinger. Yes, that I do recall. And that there's a moment in this scene that is though. so like stereotypical that it really just irked me you have this like she's thinking about it and he's walking away and you can see on his face that he knows he has her Mm -hmm. and that's that's that was the that was the nail in the coffin for me the first time i watched it was i was like i knew because i i wasn't i wasn't super sold like i'm i'm always very like they don't trust you they did a good job of like Setting him up like, hey, he could be yeah, a real McCoy, you know. He like takes her prisoner, in sort quote, of. like kind like, but she also overnight became like the super scholar on the laws of everything. Like you're, she starts like citing regulations and all these things. I'm like, don't get me started. I'm like, how did okay? I, again, suspension of disbelief, right? Fucking roll with it. Keep it moving. I mean, and to be fair, like, I'm I'm one of those people where I, I'm really good with absorbing detail. Um, like, part of my job involves remembering, um, like, deadlines and numbers and stuff right. like that. I'm in, I'm in education. Um, and so, like, I, I have what I feel is, like, I'm really lucky. I usually, if I, if I read something once, like, I can recall it later. But that's very different from, like, a code of law written by, like, a future space people that's probably designed to confuse you. 
and being able to like pull it out and like wave it and be like, I know what I'm doing. No, you don't. You are from a backwater planet. Yes. That's how I felt about it. Again, I I, I was kind of like rolling my eyes at that scene too because like how? Mm-hmm. How? Mm-hmm. It's not possible. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, movie. So he... But anyway. He gets her to agree to this proposal and he's all like, you know, it's it's just for function. It's just to to save save peoples and you know as an added bonus like you get to save stinger and sky puppy um gotta save sky puppy right he's relevant um and so we get this and oh my god this scene is so gorgeous in so many ways so we have um really quickly before we get to that another like harumph moment for me is sky puppy gets spaced Mm mm-hmm and Spaced. somehow he is man he like he managed to find this like spacesuit that he can he has like 39 minutes to get oxygen yeah or into or whatever well and what's entertaining for me is at the beginning of the scene like titus is is villain monologuing where he's like i'm sure you think you're gonna get through this and you're gonna be able to save her and i'm like well yeah the movie's not over yet mm-hmm. Um, yeah, bro, we got 25 minutes left, man. We got plenty of time to kick your ass. Um, or whatever you probably would say. And Seamus made the comment, why did they leave him his boots? And I was like, good point. Because um, they're idiots. Right? And so, and just... Top-notch writing. Um, side note, science nerd moment. The idea of an emergency spacesuit packed into something the side of first aid kit is super cool. Like that—that's pretty damn nifty. Um, and I mean, I feel okay. I feel it, yeah, it is nifty. I'm not taking like that away. as a plot device. It's kind of bullshit, but yes, the concept itself—it's like, and you gotta think about how accident prone are these people that they have to have the shit built in. Like, are they are people accidentally getting 2001: Space Odyssey outside of a fucking space? So Ship. I'm. I don't. I don't know. So I'm going to to preempt a, a later episode just a little bit here and say that space is full of danger and disease, and you should always plan accordingly. Um, yes. And I think that an abundance of caution when you're traveling through a vacuum is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, an abundance of caution. Better safe than sorry. I won't get that on a t-shirt. Abundance of caution. Traveling through a vacuum. <laughs> it just sounds so... You know, some English words, when you string them, to, string them together in a sentence, they just flow so well. It might be from a book. I don't know. There's a lot flowing on up here. Um, so that... And I definitely had that, like, you know, that 30-minute warning thing. I was like, yeah, all right, fine. Just not gonna... You should have told me the truth about why you wanted her. What good would that have done? If I did, then Jupiter would be dead, and Belen would still own the Earth. Lies are a necessity. They are the source of meaning, of belief and hope. Honestly, lies are sometimes the only reason I get out of bed. I'm particularly fond of the lies we tell ourselves. 
like the lie you are now concocting, that somehow you will survive being tossed into the void and find some way to rescue Miss Jones. You can't kill her. The title will just remain with her family. Well, not once Her Majesty and I are married. <laughs> And then we have the 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 wedding scene and yo this was just so huge and sweeping and like padme amadella has nothing on this chick i'm like they can their wedding planner must get paid all the bucks because they put that shit together 20 post, bucks says it's an ai it's post haste but hey, hey that's a lot of code mm -hmm. that people put money into and time into so i'd say it's a very expensive process to have done so so well and so quickly and it's all s still bullshit yeah um when you're space rich you can make anything happen um and so thank god for dialogue and plot devices right um we get to the point where you know she's she's in this ridiculous outfit and they're they're going through the ceremony kane's been picked up by the aegis and he's <sighs> see now you've infected me with your like skepticism for this because like he's doing that whole like super serious like Aww. i'm gonna go save my girl thing and like but that's captain, what he does and the captain of the ship is like you know i mean more power to you dude um and he's got stinger involved because stinger has had a change of, like this is such a sean bean role <laughs> And I think they wanted to write a movie with Sean Bean in it, and they kind of, like, dropped this plot around Sean Bean's character. <laughs> um, you could, I, can, I, can, I can write a paper probably on that. Probably. Um, and you get, like, this this um, stinger Kane like, team-up. And this – what happens next is great from my perspective because you have Sky Puppy running around in a Gundam to rescue his not girlfriend from her not real wedding and like it's full of like Tale, shooting, tales all this time <laughs> shooting really? lasers and space blockades made out of mines and like it's visually stunning the content is so absurd <laughs> oh, it and, is the word is stupid is the word you're looking yeah. for um it looks and, great but it's a shiny churn. It's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And so Titus is like frantically trying to like shove her through this ceremony as fast as possible. Um, 
which apparently has ring tattoos involved for it to be like official new age man um and so you can see and i I have a note for this because like the way they shot the scene is actually i liked it because they when they're doing the like major environmental shots with like the gundams and the space and the fighting and then they're back in the ship on titus and jupe they do close-ups on her face so you can watch her like the the emotions like she's suddenly like she's starting to become very much less okay with what's happening and then sky puppy dive bombs his ass through the side of the ship mm-hmm. and she's like yeah i'm not i'm not doing this um and to titus's like credit he doesn't look super shocked that sky puppy didn't bite it He's like, oh, motherfucker, you're here. All right, fine. Yeah. Um, and he drops the the facade and he he says like your standard like biting remarks to the gullible heroine. And um and Jupe is all like, just get me out of here. Which fair. Um I say and, I'd probably say the same thing. Right. To be fair. Um and then like our I think our next shot's them on the on the the Aegis ship and I have a note for this because they 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 have this interaction where Jupe is understandably like not okay and I don't think Kane's really sure what to do where did that pardon come from she somehow still has the pardon where where in that dress was that hiding it was in the bad script (laughs) tucked right up her asshole um I don't know if you have any um, like anime fans in your listeners, but we call this um, Hero Space from Gundam Wing okay. because he was a character that wears this like it's like this um, spandex like boy short t shirt combo thing. Mm-hmm. Somehow always has guns. Nowhere to put them, oh, but they're, they're there. So it's like I it, it took me a minute to get over like just the cognitive dissonance of that moment. And get back into the movie. And John's like, I don't know why you didn't just spend the whole movie like that, but okay. Um, I mean, listen. <laughs> Once you start the movie, you and out of the first couple of scenes where they basically piss on your face, you're kind of like, well, that's what this movie is going to be about. And um, oh, your phone's close to the microphone. Um, so during during the wedding scene, there was a moment where, um, like, Belem is losing his shit because no one can take out Jupe. And space gators drop through a hole in her family's house. Yes. And um, everyone is understandably freaked out. And they take him hostage. And for some reason, uh, like, it, it really stuck with me. One of them sounded like James Earl Jones. Like one of the gator dudes. I don't recall that. I recall the scene, but not the James Earl Jones. He sounded really like it, um, and I and I feel like the 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 way that they tied all this together, like Belem is manages to keep his composure, and then he does a little bit of like actual screaming um, and threatening of his minions and all this other stuff, and it's actually really interesting to see because those those scenes give us an idea of like how the like people distilling works Mm -hmm. and it's 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 good to know but it gets lost in everything else because they're so short 
and they're so almost ancillary to everything else that's happening. Yeah. Um, and it's it's easy for that to get lost in the like. We're just gonna go big. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go big. Like I feel like those sheets for the movie just had "go big" written on the bottom, and they just rolled with it. Um, I don't know anything about movie making, so I could be talking out my ass. But well, okay. So they have a fake wedding. Sky puppy comes in. Um, they finally smooch mm-hmm. some smooches, and like it. What's his Balaam? Balim? Balem. Balem. Okay, John. Um, I got there eventually. Thank you. You just don't care that much, and that's okay. Well, they have like this really tropey fight scene sequence mm-hmm. that was boring. Well, and it's it's something where so like a lot happened around that that same time. Like part of the um, I'm trying to think like the exact sequence of events where because we go they're they're on the Aegis ship and then like Belem's like assistant mouse person shows up and does the like we have your family surrender or else like right. we'll we'll do a trade um and she goes along with it okay and i'm like Geaton. Okay, fine. Because it's it's so stereotypical. The like, we're going to hold your family over your head and you're yes. going to do everything we say. And she gets there and like Belem had done a little bit of like bitching about his family drama prior to that. And I was like, okay, mama issues. We get it. Um, and then like Jeep shows up and he goes on about how like earth is his and we'd seen this in in moments prior where he's like i will harvest the earth now rather than let her take it from me and i'm like okay you need hobbies (laughs) um yes and she has this very very like stereotypical crisis of conscience where she she asks him she's like when when are you going to harvest the earth? And you can tell he thinks he's being kind. And he's like, you'll never see it. And she that, that doesn't sit well with her. Right. And I think that, like, what we've seen of Jupe character, Jupe's character up to this point, like, that that is a moment that makes sense for her. Um, that she, because family is important to her. We've seen that. And... As seen by not just kicking Vlad in the balls the first time he suggested the whole, like, egg-selling thing. Um, right. And so Eddie Redmayne starts to lose his shit. Quite, quite loudly. Right? And I'm just... I know it was supposed to be something that was, like, a, a like a like supposed to be a visceral reaction from the part of the viewer... And I felt a little bit of that, like the first run through. Um, but the the like 
subsequent viewings allowed me to sort of look at it from the perspective of like the way the way that this is written it was a very interesting like switch to go from the wedding scene and all of the action and then this like sort of not quite touching moment with her and Kane and then like Belem shows up and suddenly we're back into something like emotional and stressful yeah. And, you know, you, you've seen from prior scenes in the movie that, like, Belem is not a touchy-feely kind of dude. He no. has depeopled, like, one of his own gator dudes already for fucking up. Um, so, like, this... He's all about business. Yeah, so this this sort of, like, almost, like, attempt at an inhuman interaction feels weird. Like, he's trying to sell her on her family mattering and everything. And I think that, like, his whole mommy issues bit before that was supposed to make us okay with how this went down. Trying to rationalize his perspective. Yeah. No. So that we so that we can follow it along. And I'm like, sure, mm, not. Not here for it. Not here for it. Um, and, like, around the same time, like, Kane is on the Aegis ship and... They've been, they were attempting to like follow them and then they got shut out and I'm like, shocker, you got played. Oh no, never could have seen that coming. This um, movie's full of surprises. Right? And the, like the interplay between Kane and the captain, I think is supposed to be a, like... Not counterpoint, because that's not the right word. So he's 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 wanting to go rescue her. And the captain's, like, giving him kudos for, like, you know, on the record, I've got to tell you, this is a very bad idea. Like, off the record, you know, you're a very you're, special snowflake and not many people would do this. You're very brave. Yeah, yeah. As a point, as to, like, when he was having his little emo moment at the farmhouse and Stinger was, like, you know, yeah. lone puppy. And this is his not lone puppy moment. And like in truly dramatic fashion, as is appropriate for this hot mess of a movie, he does this like falling star bullshit, like down through the 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 gas clouds, like wrecking this whole ass installation on his way down. Yeah. Um, and it's re- absurd. <laughs> it is. It's so it's so dramatic. So dramatic. It's like. We get it. We get it. Um, and the, I have to say that of all the things that this movie does not get right, one of the things it does get right is that Jupe does not need help kicking Bulub's ass. Like, that was fantastic. I th- and um, I kind of was, I kind of tuned back in around this time. <laughs> and I was just like... I, I I was watching it all happen. I was like the bigger things that were happening. I, I drew my attention attention, but I finally think I found a spot where I was like I got back to the movie and gave it my all. And I was just like, I I turned back into the movie and then I immediately wanted to turn back away because I I, I saw it all. I knew what was going to happen. It wasn't hard to see coming. Yeah. No, I was just like, uh huh. They're gonna come kick his ass. He's going to die or something's going to happen. 
they're going to save the family, and then she's going to go back to a normal life or whatever. And I was like, well, you know, and does that make does that make me an asshole? No, I I certainly sympathize, and I think for me it's it's another one of those because of like how much like reading I've done and I watch a lot of Netflix. Um, Fair. There's going to be like there are only so many stories that can be told, and we see this a lot when you get down to brass tacks with like. Um, Joseph Campbell and the monomyth, the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, very you know, very aware of that. You're you're functionally just telling the same story, just with different actors. Yes. And so I, I certainly can sympathize with that. Like, yeah, I know where this is going. Like, how the story is told for me, it's it's not just about the destination. It's about the journey, and the journey. For this movie. <laughs> um, but I like the fact that Mila Kunis's character opens a can of whip ass on Palem and is just like, no, motherfucker, do not take your mommy issues out on me. Do you know who you're talking to? I'm not her. Fuck off. Like that. I appreciated that because it could have just as easily been like she was cowering in a corner and she didn't know what to do and Kane had to swoop in and be all manly and save her. But no, like we got to see her just like, no, not doing this today. And so <clears throat> and isn't another gripe I have for this movie, if you can believe there's more than one, is the character development the character arc because like a hero's journey has you know a path Mm -hmm. and i don't feel jupiter really had one because she's pretty much the same person in the beginning as she is in the end the only thing that's changed and i'm gonna give myself some latitude because i did space out i'm i'm self-aware but like she was all not like she's always badass, but the only thing that really happened with her was that she got more knowledge of the universe. Yeah. She she didn't get a new skill. She didn't, um, like, hate her sister or now love her sister. It wasn't anything like that really emotionally impactful to me. So I was like, that's why I wasn't invested because that's, and I'm not, I'm not downplaying her character. I think Jupiter was a good character. And I think, Kane had a bigger arc for her, for her develop his character starting in a place and ending somewhere else mm-hmm. more than Jupiter did. Um, so I'm actually really glad you brought that up. Um, so we have uh-oh. this. Here come the big guns, folks. Haha. We have this idea that in order for character development to like be a thing, there has to be some fundamental change to the character. So, for example. As you said, Kane. Kane has character development in this movie. Yes. I think that sometimes um, what gets a little ignored is that for female characters, that doesn't always play the same. Because for Jupiter, what I saw as her character development was we started out like at the beginning of the movie with this like montage of her super boring life. She didn't know where she fit. She was so done. She like I hate my life. Mm-hmm. And now we've gotten to the point where you know, she she doesn't understand what's happening, but she's checked in. She's here for it. She's going to get shit done. She's no longer just sort of 
letting shit happen. And I think that that's something that doesn't necessarily always resonate as well as like that, that when you, when you go from like no power to having power and that's super simplified to um, like the way Kane's arc worked because, and I'm going to, I'm going to do that thing where um, Captain Marvel, I know a lot of people who are like, I don't, I don't get the point of that movie, but so many like me and so many of my female friends, the, the point of like, you get superhero movies where the character starts out um, like going from being sort of a nobody to a badass. And like, that's something that everyone wants to be able to identify with. And, but for like Captain Marvel, the, the character growth there was not somebody to badass. Like she was always badass. It was, she found her agency and you have to like in order to have that resonate with you like that's that that hits differently and i think that for jupiter and i'm not going to argue that there's like grand character development in this film um so okay go ahead sorry but i i do think it's it's not lacking it's just not what you would expect i mean and that okay no i hear you so but my in my argument or my response, rather, to that is this movie is called Jupiter Ascending. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is she ascending? Now, again, she has a mundane life. She's always Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing. She consistently stayed Jupiter, which is a, which is great for her because she stayed true to her principles and her values and her ethics. The whole film, start to finish. Um, but so she goes up to this... She does ascend, if you will, to this entitled position, but it's really not for her. And she comes back down. Like, I guess I, if I'd argue for her character development, I'm sure I could, I could put it together. But like, again, after one viewing on a movie called Jupiter Ascending, I, I expected more of the writers to, t- writers to take more care for a character. I felt like they kind of just, I felt like. They slapped a pretty face on it, and it'll be a pretty person, which it is. And they say all the good stuff for the guys, which isn't fair. It's not Kane ascending, you know. I hate to break it to you, John. That's why a lot of movies go. So, well, yes, okay. Um, but a lot of movies don't do that, too. So, so I just feel like, and, and that's not the product... So that's not to suggest that women characters aren't given great treatment in, in, in cinema. They are. The problem is this was a shit movie and didn't do it right. I mean, yeah, for sure. Um, I think for me, like, and it's it's a thought that I had, which is why I was like, I'm glad you asked that. Yeah. Um, like, what, because I tried to think, like, what would they, what could they have done differently to make that, like, more of a thing? And it's interesting to speculate. Yeah. And what, like, what if the main character had been a dude? Like, would it still be as unsatisfying? Probably. If, if, if follow the same beats where his character's actions were, because the best part of a hero's journey is there's learning. There's learning involved. The hero learns something about themselves. And she did. I'm not arguing she didn't. 
but it wasn't and especially when it's in the fucking title of the movie it's literally saying there will be a character arc for this person named Jupiter we, we find out okay. Jupiter is a person not like the planet it just felt like cheap and because I've seen like hell the last two recorded episodes both uh, oops Sons of Lambs and Midsummer both had female leads that had amazing character arcs. Yeah, this this and is they certainly were not a good follow up. Yeah, and, they're, and those are and those movies were twenty eight years apart. Yeah, so, so so those are out there, but this movie just sorely missed the mark. Yeah, I wouldn't argue that there is significant character growth or development. Um, I just I think it is there, just not what most people would be looking for. Um, because we're starting to get toward the end of the movie. We have this, like, climactic fight scene with, like, everything coming down and everything's on fire. And, um, like, Kane fights with a space alligator and um, they get her her family off the ship or off the yeah. space station thing onto the right, ship. Right, right, And, mm-hmm. like, they have this, this last minute, like escape where they manage to get into like the space bubble while the Aegis ship is taken off and everyone's everyone's safe and you know voila day is saved um and then the last the last bit of the movie is jupe has returned to her old life Mm -hmm. and she seems a little more satisfied with it now and then we have you know because rather than like her mom having to like hurry her along to get shit done she's like oh yeah i'm I'm, I'm done we're good um and then you know they they have that touching scene at dinner where her family pulls together money to get her telescope and um which was nice yeah and i i think that the the feel goods that they gave us at the end of the movie for lack of a better phrase were supposed to be sort of like a a wrap-up of like here's how things have changed here's how things are better here's how we have provided some sort of conclusion to this hot mess of a story that we have subjected you to again i didn't care about her family yeah they didn't put any they, they put their family was there in the beginning to show that she has people in her life and then they were a plot device yeah and like the an hour and 40 minutes into the film or roughly and then great they're celebrating i'm supposed to boohoo over it and yeah it, again it's, it's it's insulting to the audience yeah um in my opinion yeah and then like the very the very last scene well and part of the the family thing is like she's like oh i've got a date and everyone loses their shit and it was kind of funny um like she and sky puppy are sitting on the 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 top of the building this is so Yes. I'm so, I don't want to interrupt you. <laughs> I just interrupted you. I'm sorry. Continue. Um, and they have this like touching moment where they're bonding and he calls her like her majesty and he's got his wings back. <laughs> I wish you guys could see John's face right now. <laughs> Go on. No, continue, Lindsay. Um, and like it's, he's going to teach her how to skate or something. Um, and it's it's supposed to be this like yes she's like this super rich space lady now but she still wants to be just human 
Yeah, and the whole when they skate off out like it's okay. Again, the romantic the romance there, the tropiness, I know there's an audience for that stuff. I and I respect it. But what it reminded me of, you know, it was like the after school specials with like the the C oh, grade. I knew how sappy it was. Like, it, was it was like, like puking nineteen ninety three. Yeah, after school special ending. I have expected to like like high five in the air and freeze frame before like, <laughs> the credits started rolling, and like an Aerosmith song started playing or some shit. I don't know. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, are you serious? Uh, <clears throat> but also, I was happy. You know why mm-hmm. I was happy? Why? Because it was over. Because it was over. <laughs> Yes, you can say my fame is complicated the way that most families are complicated. You think you'll ever tell them? What, that I own the earth? Hmm? <laughs> are you kidding me? They'd have me locked up. And I wouldn't blame them either. Besides, I'm still trying to understand exactly what it means to myself. Well, maybe it just means that your majesty's planet has a different future than the one that was planned for. Say that again. You mean... Your Majesty. Mm. It really works for me. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Come on. That ain't bad either. So, okay, I want to wrap up. Um, ooh, we are clocking in at almost two hours. Um, impressive. Most impressive. Um, okay, before we get into ratings, I got to have to ask you one or two questions. Sure. In the simplest, few words or less, who was this movie made for? In your opinion. People that don't want to take movies seriously. Perfect. <laughs> I think the people who it wasn't made for were people with eyes. Um, you know, this look really pretty. Um, in, okay, your favorite part, like just that, a deep dive, just. Top of your head, fair part of this movie, go. I already said it. It's the whole, like, pad for wound closure, like, moments where it was just like, the dudes are like, what? And she's like, get over it. Loved it. Okay. Okay. Um, that's all I really have. Let's, let's, let's talk ratings. So, um, and you have my, you had the ratings? I do. It's a B. Because Stream I, City. Okay. Okay. I, I, I will and have absolutely done so in the past week. Put this up in the background while I'm working like overtime. I'm not on the phone, so I'm just like doing emails and stuff. Right. And it's 
it's it's it's pretty enough and stuff and there's sound and it's like you already know what's happening so you're not gonna get lost like this is not a you're gonna get lost movie no um so like it's definitely something that's like on my netflix watch list that i pull up when i i want something pretty and shiny in the background that i don't have to pay attention to and i think in some ways when i when i treat some movies like that like filler i appreciate them more because then when i'm busy doing you cannot take this movie seriously please do not ever try to take this movie seriously. well no my point my, so no my point with that is like there's been some movies in my lifetime that i've seen that or i i've heard of or i've been recommended or not recommended to because i know they're just not quality films but they'll come on like hbo or they'll come on t- with the network television i'm like well whatever and i'll i'll when I'm cleaning my house, when I'm chopping up vegetables or making it's food, it's the law and order of movies. It's, yeah, like you don't really need to know. You know what's gonna happen in the end, mm-hmm. but it's just like okay, it, it it breaks up the breaks up the quietness. So, um, what do you assume my rating is gonna be? Oh, it's a shit show. It's an absolute shit show. That's not a rating I have. Are you sure? Yes, I'm looking right Are you right sure at you're them. not gonna add it just for this movie? No, you know what. It's not going to be an F. F is craptacular. Okay. It's going to be a D. Okay. Which is a never again. Okay. It gets a pass on the F because it looks so damn amazing. It's really, really pretty. So, uh, anything else you want to say about this movie before we uh, clock out of here? No, I think I've subjected you to enough. I would agree. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, that was Jupiter Sending. I want to thank... Lindsay for taking the time out um, being in town and having the time to come over and and chat this movie with me and I had a great time so thanks for stopping by Lindsay anything you want to plug? no I think I'm good okay alright guys until next time thanks that's all she wrote Lots of thanks go to Lindsay for coming out and chatting this film with me. I may not care for Jupiter Ascending, but the company I had was priceless. Next week, my friend Erica and I steer the ship back towards horror as we discuss one of the great modern horror classics. So stay tuned. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn wherever you hear podcasts. Keep washing your hands and stay safe, everybody. Thanks again for stopping by, and until next time, take care, guys. <laughs>